Well, if I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star today, wherever you're watching from, whether you're in the room or you're watching online, we are so glad you are here. Crazy week. How many of y'all had damage in your yard? A lot of y'all had limbs down, trees down. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Then Halloween last night. Got all the, how many of y'all saw little kids dressed up in your neighborhoods last night? A few of you took those kids out. So we used to, we lived in a neighborhood for 18 years, well, longer than that, but our last neighborhood was 18 years. It'd be crowded, all these kids coming through. Then we moved two years ago, and we lived back off the road a little bit, and next door is an old Civil War cemetery. Nobody comes to visit us anymore. I don't understand. Uh, it was just, like, I don't know if somebody saw General Sherman, but what happens, but this old Civil War cemetery sits over there. But when I get online and I see all these Facebook posts of many of you taking your children out, and there's something that parents do now that I'm thankful didn't happen when my kids were growing up. Parents dress up with their kids now. That's like the new thing. They dress up. I would have dressed up as a dad going out with my kids. All right, that would not have been my deal. But anyways, I, I respect, I got mass respect for all of you that dress up. One day, your kids will use that against you. But anyways, so just to tell you how it works. But it made me think about kids. It made me think of growing up. How many of y'all remember growing up and it seemed like your parents would say the same things to you over and over and over? There was like a message of the house they wanted to make sure you got, and therefore you felt like you heard it all the time. Then one day you enter parenthood, and you become that parent, and there's things you just have to say. So when, when my kids were growing up, and they were little, we had a rule in the house. Here's the rule. In this house, we will love and respect each other. I don't care if you agree with each other. I honestly don't care at times if you like each other. But we will respect each other when you're in the walls of this house. That's how it's going to work. And I'd get in from work, and Ann would go, you need to talk to Casey and Mary Michael. They were doing whatever today. And I would sit them down. I'm like, listen, I want you to hear me. Hear me loud and clear. In this home, we will love each other, and we will respect each other. Do you guys understand me? That goes from your mother to each other. You will respect each other. I don't care if there's times that you like us, but you will love and respect each other. Do you understand? Yes, sir, we understand. They would go, and then it would be 30 minutes later. There's some commotion somewhere. They're fighting over something, and here's the punishment. You can say I'm a terrible parent, but they're, here's the, they're grown now, so it doesn't matter. And so I say, here's your punishment. I want you to take a chair, and they would, I would sit there, two chairs across from each other. They would have to hold hands, look each other in the eyes, and stare at each other until I told them I was tired, all right? And it happened all, and they hated it. They hated it. Why was I doing that? Was I doing that to punish them? No, I was trying to get across a message, right? Here was the message. The message was, in this home, this is what's important. That was the message. Today, we're gonna read in the book of 1 John, John talking to this early church, and he's trying to get a message across. And so he's gonna repeat something he said prior. Why does he do that? Because evidently they didn't get it. Evidently they didn't understand. Evidently they didn't let the truth that John was getting to them sink in. So John goes, and let me hit this topic of love again. So I know we talked about love. Let me tell you about love one more time. 21 times, 
in 14 verses, John uses the word love. Now it's not like the, hey bro, what's up love? It's the agape, I love you unconditional love. Right? It's that, that love that you can't even put words to. That's what John's talking about. Would y'all stand with me today as we honor reading God's word together? First John chapter four. If you have the app Jeffrey talked about, go ahead and open it there. If you've not downloaded it first, um, go to North Star Church, Georgia in the app store and that's how you download it. First John chapter four, verse seven. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love, and he tells us where it comes from. Love comes from where? Help me out again. Love comes from where? God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, meaning you are letting that love live out through you. That not, not hey, I'm a falcon, I love the falcons. Not that, not that love, but like the love that goes the extra mile, the unconditional love. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love, they don't know God. So if we don't see evidence of love in our lives, we make the assumption, well, there's no way they can know the Lord because God is love and love lives through them. And so we should live, see love lived out. Verse nine, but God showed how much he loved us by singing his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. All right, time out real quick. Could that not have been written from God to us today? Surely, in light of how he loves us, we ought to love one another. Even sometimes when we disagree with each other. Would y'all, yes or no, do we live in a disagreeable world, yes or no? Yes. Well, it's nothing about the world. Ann and I will get in the car here shortly and disagree about where to eat lunch. I mean, that's gonna happen, right? There's, it's a disagreeable life that we live. But he said, in spite of it, we surely ought to love each other. Look at verse 12. Nobody's ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love has brought full expression in us, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him. Remember, all these people were going, I don't know, how do I know that I'm a Christian because these people are saying this and these people are seeing this. And he said, let me tell you how to know. You're gonna know because of how you love each other. That's the proof. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live, love, live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we won't be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love casts out all fear. If we're afraid of, for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love, we love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a, what's that word? Do you know what liar means in Greek? You lie. 
All right, that's what it means in Greek. So it, it literally doesn't take a lot to figure out. It means that you aren't telling the truth. Your life says something different than what your mouth says. For if we don't love people we can see, how in the world can we love a God who we can't see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Would you pray with me? Father, I need this. We need this. Speak to us today. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for hanging in there online. So this early church is going, you got this whole group of knowledge-based people, Gnostics, that are, that are sort of gaining momentum, and they're saying, okay, how do I know that I follow Jesus, right? I mean, is it all the rules and all the regulations? I thought we got out of that with the Jewish thing. I mean, what, what do I really believe? So John says, let me tell you signs of life. Let me tell you how that you know that you know that you know. Number one, ready? I have trusted in Jesus and received the Spirit. I have trusted in Jesus and received the Spirit. Look at what he says in verse 13. And God has given us his Holy Spirit. Meaning on the day that we came to know Christ, the Holy Spirit began to quicken our heart. And this is the way I like to phrase it. Our spiritual eyes were opened to something we didn't have. You've heard about it. Listen, I grew up going to church all the time, but at the age of 14, the Sunday night in 1983, I remember my spiritual eyes opening going, oh, that was for me. And I've trusted in Jesus and I've received that spirit. So the day that we ask Christ in our heart, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives never to leave again, right? He doesn't take up residence till you do something bad, then he leaves. That's not what we believe scripture teaches. I believe that when he comes to know, when you come to know him and he steps in your heart, he is yours and you are his. So my children could walk away and say, I deny my dad, he's, he's crazy, and walk away, but if we did a DNA test, they'll always be my kids, right? Spiritual DNA, the day you ask Christ in your heart, boy, that spirit takes up residence in you. Our spiritual eyes are open. I remember it was a, it's probably 10 or 12 years ago now, a Sunday morning right over here. I did the prayer at the end of the service, and I remember this old, older lady's hand going up. What shocked me, I didn't know the story. What I found out two or three days later, she went home to be with Jesus that Wednesday. Met with the family to get ready for the funeral. We always assume, well, if you're older, you know the Lord. She didn't. So they said, oh yeah, Mike. She was a huge Minnesota Viking fan. So during football season, it was like she got up on Sunday morning, she got food ready, and she ordered the package, and she was gonna watch the Vikings. And if it wasn't football, it was baseball, it was always something. Her son said, to my knowledge, I never remember my mother ever going to church. She lived with them. That Sunday, they got up and said, Mom, you wanna go to church with us? She said, yes. He's, he was shocked because the Vikings were playing the Packers. Big deal, all right? And so they were playing that day, and she said, yes. And he said, I remember, Mike, you praying that prayer and feeling her hand go up. And three days later, she went home to be with Jesus. 
What happened that morning? Her 82-year-old spiritual eyes were opened. Right? I've received his spirit and it works in me. Here's the other little word I want you to write under it, ready, is the word active. So that spirit is active in me. It's not a history lesson. He is at work in our lives constantly, all the time, creating me to be like him. Ready? Number two, I am growing in love. Okay, we learned this. A little Bible test here real quick. John said this. He said, we love because he first loved us because God is, what was the word? Love. Y'all are doubting it. Don't doubt yourself. All right, here you go. God is what? Love. Y'all sound very doubtful. All right, that's right there in the Bible. So here we are, the day I know Christ. So if every day I'm walking towards the Lord, love should be more in me and living through me than it was before I met him. Does that make sense to everybody? I grow in that love. Meaning, as I get older, I shouldn't be more judgmental. Actually, I should be more like him. See, our old nature was selfish. Our new nature is selfless. But God demonstrated his love for us that even while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. John tells us, look, look with me in that passage. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God and anyone who loves is a child of God and anyone who does not love does not know God and we live in God and our love grows more perfect. You should not be able to help but love people. Period, okay? Let's just get real personal. As a Christ follower, your Facebook post shouldn't look like everybody else's Facebook post. The tone and manner we speak with should be of love. Just because somebody votes different, looks different, acts different, it doesn't mean that we should, we should spew venom at them. Listen, that's not Christ-like. I didn't say Instagram post. But anyways, in Facebook, so on Facebook, it was a joke. All right, on Facebook, I'm trying to soften the blow a little bit. I, listen, it's for me too, right? That was my old nature, my new nature. Yes or no? Are we gonna disagree with people in this world? Yes or no? Yes, but we shouldn't disagree like the world disagrees. Do I have strong political views? Absolutely. I got strong views on everything. All right, yeah, Absolutely. But does it make me better than somebody else? No. Number three. That was free advertisement. All right, here we go. Number three. I am relying on grace. Woo! I am relying on grace. Grace, if you want to write it down, grace is God's unmerited favor. I don't deserve grace. You don't deserve grace. On your best day, you don't deserve grace. You just don't. I don't either. So every Sunday, let me tell you how it works. So I get up really, really early in the morning, and I get ready, and I get dressed. I never show up at North Star with unshaved, with a hat on, in sweatpants, unprepared, right? Why? Because I want you to like me. 
I, I want all of you, I have this very, I have this huge need for people to like me, and I want you to like me, right? I don't typically stand in the parking lot and scream at people on Sunday morning, all right? I don't. I, I present my best to you. Why? Because I want to earn your love. I want to earn your favor. Somebody may walk in in a Patriot shirt and say, 28-3, and I go, I love you, all right? And so do I feel that in my heart? No, but I always present my best. I had a guy this morning go, hey, how about those Dodgers? How about not bring that up at church, all right? And so I don't like the Dodgers a lot, but, but I'm never gonna show it to you. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. Aren't you glad George is not playing tech? Well, yes, actually, I am, all right? And so there's all these things, right, that we go through, but I present my best. Do you know that Scripture teaches God doesn't take you at your best? He finds you at your worst. He loves you anyways, and we rely on grace. Listen to what he said. God showed his love by sending his one and only son into the world that we, might not have, that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he first loved us. So this love that we live with comes from grace. So think about this. Let's, let's go through a little process here. We come to know Christ through brokenness. At 14, I was broken and went, oh my gosh, he died for me. Everybody's gotta reach that at some point in life. I got it, 14, boom. I, don't, I didn't understand everything at 14, I know at 51, but I knew then, broken over my sin. He died for my sin. But yet in that brokenness, as I grow in him, there's a confidence, he really does love me. That's a good thing. If we lose our brokenness, and somehow we think we've earned something with God, that confidence becomes arrogance. How many of you have ever met a person, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand or point at people, how many of you have ever met somebody who was spiritually arrogant? You ever met somebody like that? You can nod, I've met them. And it's, it's a turnoff to people who don't know the Lord. Why, because they forgot the word grace. See, the more I walk towards the Lord, the less, I, the less I can understand why he loves me like he does. That's grace. It's not so I walk, I come to know Christ and I walk towards the Lord, and the more I felt like I earned it. You didn't earn your salvation. I didn't earn my salvation. I couldn't do enough good in all the world to get to heaven. Neither could you. We couldn't put all ours together and get there. We rely on grace. Point number four. And I'm facing eternity without fear. <clears throat> number one fear of all Americans is the fear of the day they die. I mean, terrifying fear. Let's see what John said. We will not be afraid on the day of judgment. He's speaking of judgment, which we won't get into all that. But we can face him with what, what's this word? I, do I look forward to the day I die? Like the the process of death? No, I do not. But am I fearful of death? Absolutely not. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. 
It's like a child. You know, Jesus talked about it in, in uh, the New Testament when he said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And he said, we should all have a childlike faith. How many of y'all remember growing up? All right, so I'm a child of the 80s, okay? Back then there was a movie that came out called Red Dawn. All right, Red Dawn. When Red Dawn came out, every kid of the 80s thought that there were gonna be people from Russia that were gonna parachute into your school playground and you were gonna be on your own hiding in the woods, all right? And right by my high school, there was like a pasture. I'm like, there's nowhere to hide if the Russians come, right? And so, but the craziest thing would happen when you're a kid. At night when you'd go home, if mom and dad were home, they would lock the door and you felt like there was nothing in the world that could get to you. Isn't that the weirdest thing? My dad was in printing. My mom was a banker. We didn't own a gun. If the Russians had showed up, it could have been a problem, all right? And so it could have been a big problem because I don't think they wanted any of it. We didn't want, but when I was a kid, I just trusted in my mom and dad. I just like, oh, they got it. They're good. And then we become parents. You know, my kids, when, when they were growing up, they didn't go to bed and, at night and go, oh my gosh, I hope tomorrow mom and dad make the mortgage payment. They didn't worry about that. Why? Because it wasn't their job. They trusted in us, right? They didn't go to bed at night going, well, I hope mom and dad have planned out my college savings. They didn't live in fear. <laughs> we did. They didn't, right? They were, they were fine. They trusted in us with a childlike faith. If mom and dad are there, everything's gonna be okay. Notice I say mom and dad, because Ann's definitely tougher than I am, all right? And so if mom and dad are present, everything's gonna be okay. And here's the crazy part. We weren't perfect parents. Oh, Mike, y'all did a lot right. <laughs> we did a lot wrong. My daughter had this thing where she'd get out of her room at night and wake us up. She'd show up by your bed, freak you out, right? She'd be standing at your bed. I'm like, Mary Michael, do not, she was 17, all right? Do not leave your room under any circumstance. Do not leave your room, but just stay in your bed. But what if I need you? You don't just stay in your bed. Two o'clock in the morning. Dad, Dad, I'm thirsty. Well, I would probably be thirsty at two o'clock in the morning, but I'm asleep, all right? I don't know that I'm thirsty. This is how, where we were coming from. I remember one night yelling up the stairs, true story. Then just drink your saliva. It will quench your thirst till morning. You're like, you didn't. Oh, I did. She'll write a whole Instagram, I'm sure, on it later today to tell you. We were terrible parents at times. But my, my kids knew that I had them. You know, there's a verse in the Old Testament that says this. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his children. Why would it say that? Because when the time comes for them to leave this world, they leave it with no fear. I am his and he is mine. I'm confident in this. Some of you are sitting here today in this room and watching online and you go, man, Mike, I am, I, I don't look forward to that day, but I'm confident. I, I, I'm like Paul, to live is Christ, but to die, it's gain. 
What an honoring statement to the Lord to say, I'm ready. My mom got to utter those words. Anne's dad got to utter those words and told us as children, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. That's confidence. And boy, it honors the Lord. Maybe today you go, Mike, I don't have that confidence. Today you can. Would you pray with me? Boy, for sitting in the sound of my voice this morning, you say, Mike, I have that confidence. I know that I know that I know that I know that I am his and he is mine. Would you just tell him thank you? Whoo! What a gift. What a gift. Maybe though you, you say, Mike, I, I don't. Mike, I'm a dad. Mike, I'm in my 30s. Mike, I'm a college student. I should know this. But Mike, I don't know if I know. Man, eternity's a long time to miss that one. Hey, maybe today the spiritual eyes of yours, they got opened. And today you want to ask Christ in. Can I lead you in a prayer? Same prayer that I prayed 10 plus years ago when that 82-year-old grandmother accepted Christ. Same prayer that I prayed when I was 14. It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, would you pray that? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you live for me. I believe you died for me. Would you pray this in? I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, to be my personal Lord and Savior today. God, thanks for still opening spiritual eyes. And thanks for welcoming people home. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. If you're watching at home or you're watching online, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pull out your phone. Everybody in the room, go ahead and pull out your phone real quick. Everybody's got it there. You've been checking. No, no scores are up yet, all right? And so let me pull out your phone real quick. I want you to go to your text app, would you? And I want you to text NSC Follow to 555-888. NSC Follow to 555 If today you ask Jesus Christ into your heart for the very first time. You say, Mike, today my spiritual eyes were open. I want to know and I want to celebrate with you, man. Don't do that in silence. Welcome home. NSC followed at 555-888. So proud of you. Would y'all join me and congratulate all those that accepted Christ this morning? So what do we do with that? Man, we sing then to say thank you to God for what he's done. So if you're in the room today, would you stand with me? If you're watching online, man, stay in because this old classic song, Cornerstone, speaks of the truth of what God did for us.